This is Vulnerability Matters from the Money Advice Trust. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Vulnerability Matters from the Money Advice Trust. I'm Chris Fitch. This is our third season. Watch your back, Joe Rogan. And in this series, we are focusing on people. We'll be listening to people with lived experience of vulnerability who will share their stories and lives with us, as well as describing the practical changes firms could make to help them. We'll be talking with people in jobs and organisations that are aiming to better address, prevent and understand vulnerability. And we'll get their insider tips for better customer experience and outcomes. And most importantly, we'll be hearing from people who make you think about vulnerability in a completely different way. And it will leave you with decidedly new perspective and tool set. Today's episode, though, is a special one, as it has a delicious look-ahead theme. I'm speaking with Phil King from the Money Vice Trust, who will be telling us about the very biggest themes, fears, and challenges that firms across multiple sectors are reporting about consumer vulnerability in 23 and looking ahead to 24. Phil is the guardian of the Money Vice Trust data mountain on vulnerability and is their most senior training consultant in this area, so he knows a thing or two about these things. And... I'll be reminding you how you can win an exclusive Vulnerability Matters mug. I know, a mug, right? We are just too generous, but it's a seriously good mug. But let's start with Phil King. From atop his mountain peak in Southampton, I asked Phil to delve like a goblin into his data vaults to list the firm's biggest themes and challenges on vulnerability. Hello, Phil. How's the view from the top of the data mountain looking today? Hello, Chris. It's looking very good, thank you, though I have been spending a lot of time delving into the data, so I haven't enjoyed the view maybe as much as I could have done. Yeah, yeah. Phil, you're not allowed outside. Um, just stick with the data. Sunlight's <laughs> dangerous. Uh, yeah, keep, keep analysing. So, Phil, what have you been doing and uh, what did you find out? So what I've been doing is working on the vulnerability survey. So as, as many people probably know, we run an annual vulnerability survey here at the Money Advice Trust. We started it back in 2021 and it's a short survey of only six questions that takes roughly three to four minutes for firms to complete. And we send this out to subscribers of our Vulnerability Matters mailing list. And the purpose of this survey is twofold. We first of all want to understand which areas firms are focusing on over the next 12 months. And the second is for us to identify what resources, training or support will help those firms to achieve the, their goals within those areas. And back in 2022, at the end of the year, we ran a vulnerability survey and we found that there were three key areas that came through that survey that firms were working on over the next 12 months. These were evaluation and monitoring, product and service design and communications. Right, Phil, I know our audience well. You know, in fact, I think I've, I've met most of them, uh, such as such are the numbers. It's um, they will want some humdinger findings in these. They might be thinking at the moment, OK, evaluation and monitoring, design, communications. Yeah, I've got a handle on that. So let's start with evaluation and monitoring. Uh, let's blow our listeners out of the water. What, what did you find? So within evaluation and monitoring, what we found is this is the top area firms are focusing on. It came through as the number one. Um, across all sectors um, that we sent the survey out to. And it shows that this clearly is something that all of them have taken on as an area to both ensure they've got right, but also potentially improve what they have in place at the moment as well. Okay, so we've got that. Uh, is the driver for this? It's going to come from the regulators, isn't it? 
evaluation of monitor. Yeah, that, that's what we're seeing, really. So all regulators are highlighting to their firms that you need to ensure you're looking at outcomes for your customers and particularly the outcomes for vulnerable customers. And especially those within the financial services sector will be aware there's been a real strong focus from the FCA on this to ensure that outcomes for vulnerable customers are at least as good as those for non-vulnerable customers. Ah, interesting. Yeah. So that's the exam question they've been set in financial services, and there'll be similar variants of that exam question for uh, other sectors, no doubt, as, as well. So what are the trusts doing to help firms on, on, on metrics, outcomes and data? So to help firms with this, because we know it's an area firms have struggled with, is we've teamed up with um, Tim Hawley. Mm -hmm. Tim was the um, vulnerability lead over at Capital One before joining us, and he's developed and is delivering a course on consumer outcomes for us every quarter at the moment. Fantastic. I believe he likes to be known as award-winning uh, Tim Hawley. I think it's actually written to his contract with us. Um, so uh, uh, please create that, Phil. We're not sure In what the awards case... are, but kind of a... In which case, my, my sincerest apologies, Tim. <laughs> it's award-winning Tim Hawley that's designed, developed, and delivered this course for us. Fantastic. So it's evaluation and monitoring. We also have the uh, the, the GDPR guidance, uh, which is uh, with Rob Bell, uh, Colin Trend, and myself. And there's a, there's a course with um, Rob Bell around GDPR and vulnerability. Let's move on to design then. So uh, design, that's, a, that's a, a more creative area, perhaps. What, what are firms saying? What were you seeing? Yeah, so in terms of design, we, we see this as an area of focus, again, across all regulated sectors. And again, it's not really a surprise. We're seeing that all regulators have put this as an area that firms need to be considering and looking at how they can ensure their services are fit for all of their customers. Uh, and the one analogy that people mention to me all the time when I'm having discussions with firms is dropped curbs. And this is what firms want to achieve through this. So we all know dropped curbs were invented to ensure that people who were in wheelchairs were still able to mount and dismount pavements and cross the road without any issue. What we all know, though, is over time, these dropped curbs have been far more useful to a wider variety of people. For example, people who are pushing pushchairs down the road, but also people doing deliveries, for example, who are moving heavy goods around and having to lift them up onto pavements. So firms mention to me all the time, what they want to do is ensure their products and their services are like a dropped curb, accessible to absolutely everybody. Okay, so wheelchair users um, can get um, benefit. You can't imagine uh, a cityscape um without uh, a drop curb uh, peppering the streets particularly in metropolitan centers like manchester london leeds etc glasgow um but actually they do benefit everyone around here in northeast london where i live it would be someone with a shopping trolley with a mattress in it or maybe a couple of crates of lager but um that metaphor of the drop curb is really useful now phil I, I, i'm quite into drop curbs i've got some uh, some drop curb fun facts for you w would you like them go for it chris that was a slight uh, hesitation, but kind of I'm going to give them to you anyway. <laughs> uh, it's um, so drop curbs uh, were invented in uh, Norwich in the uh, in the UK. Um, so not only Alan Partridge, but the drop curb. Maybe imagine Alan Partridge using the drop curb if that helps it stick. Um, they were created by a, a uh, architect uh, called Selwyn Goldsmith, who was disabled himself, and he wanted to create uh, this accessible um, cityscape. Uh, for people who are disabled, but also to benefit others as well. I think there were 16 of them, 1967, 
I think was the year they came in. Uh, that That is the end of my fun facts about drop curbs. Feel free to use them. Uh, Phil, comms, communications. That was the last of your three uh, major findings. Yeah, again, another top area. And it's not really a surprise because, once again, this is an area that all regulators seem to be focusing on as well. They want to ensure that vulnerable customers particularly are being communicated to in a way that doesn't increase their risk of harm. Okay, so we've seen an emphasis then on um, readability, plain English, uh, probably plain numbers as well in there. Uh, I would have thought uh, an overriding message of the importance of uh, improving customer understanding. So how, how have we been supporting that at the Trust? What are we helping out with? So at the Trust, we've teamed up with Cowrie Consulting, who are an organisation of behavioural science experts. And so with Cowrie, we've developed a course um, that focuses on behavioural biases within communications. And the reason that we've done this is because it's an area that, that regulators, specifically the FCA, have focused on to ensure that behavioural biases are not being used inappropriately um, to exploit particular actions of a consumer. And so what we've done is we've teamed up with Cowrie to develop a course that first of all helps people to understand what these behavioural biases are and what they can do. But secondly, how you can use these in an ethical way to support and help the consumer. Okay, so bringing uh, about consumer actions, behaviours that are going to be beneficial for that consumer, leading to kind of better outcomes. So having an action in mind. So, for example, um, if customers are hard to reach or to engage with, is the way we can redesign our communication set um, so they are more likely to get in contact. In fact, I think that's one of the examples that Cowrie, Cowrie use. Exactly that. And it is one of the examples in there. Fantastic. So, right, Phil, data aside, um, I know this is going to hurt. Shut the data vault. Is there anything that you are picking up on? Uh, in, in your role at the trust, uh, maybe in the tea leaves, or just when you close your eyes at night, any key issues that you're coming through that you would see as a bit of a trend for the remainder of 2023 and for 2024? Yeah, very much so. So we've, you know, we've seen over the last few years, firms are focused on those larger interventions. So they're looking at training courses that span an entire contact centre, for example. But what we've been seeing a lot more of over the last couple of months is firms looking to do smaller interventions, things that can fit into a 5, 10, 15 minute segment so that they can utilise things such as huddle times to both reinforce information um, around vulnerable customers and how how those customers should be supported, but also to educate staff on different approaches that can be taken towards those vulnerable customers. So huddle time sounds fun. I, I, I presume this is not um, just um, all coming together in a group and uh, sort of hugging each other. These these are where you bring teams together, uh, start the day, end of the day, um, to review what uh, what what's happening. Often frontline customer facing, um, and you've got a, like ten five ten minutes within that to give them some knowledge or maybe a skill uh, to take on board. Exactly that, and we've been working with a number of firms over the last few months to help develop packs for them which they can use within those specific times fantastic so it's like marginal gains then um, a bit like cycling or sports improvement you're trying to improve the one or two percent in the time you got to kind of make those uh those developments and steps forward exactly that yeah it's a great analogy fantastic okay for phil look 
there's probably far more insights, uh, resources, uh, materials that people can get their hands on. Where should they head to? So we have so many more resources available through our website moneyadvicetrust.org. If you go through today, you'll see there is a section called vulnerability resources. There is a ton of free resources there for firms to show them how they can practically make changes within their organization to better support vulnerable customers. And they're all free, Phil. Is that correct? Yes, they are all free. If you go onto that section, everything on there you're able to obtain for free. We might just make you sign up to our mailing list to get it. That's the only thing. Yeah, we promise we won't pop around. Um, You know, we'll leave you alone. That's fantastic. And there's another survey coming up soon, Phil. Yes, so we're just about to release our next survey. In fact, by the time this podcast goes out, the survey will be live. So for those who have picked up this podcast by a link through our email, you should see there's also a link in there to um, access the the vulnerability survey. And for those who didn't and obtain this a different way, if you head to our website, moneyadvicetrust.org, you'll see there's a link there through which you can access the survey as well. Fantastic. Do get on that mailing list. Uh, it is very good. Lots of useful information. Um, Phil King, um, thank you very much. Thank you, Chris. And that was Phil King talking to us from his data lab. Thank you, Phil, and pod save the king. That's it for today. Look out for our next episodes coming very soon, available wherever you get your podcasts from. And if you'd like a chance of winning the first ever Vulnerability Matters mug and you don't want to wait till one inevitably pops up in your local charity shop, all you need to do is send me a message on LinkedIn, uh, Chris Fitch on LinkedIn or Twitter at Chris underscore Fitch. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. Okay, let's all re-enter the real world. But before you do that, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, thanks for listening and thanks for remembering that Vulnerability Matters.